0: Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, We have a very interesting UFC pay-per-view on hand here with UFC 259, headlined by Israel Adesanya, moving up from middleweight to challenge for the light heavyweight title against Jan Blachowicz. And honestly, this is the most stacked card I've seen the UFC run in quite some time. Obviously, the pandemic affecting everything but uh 15 fights nothing called off uh in the apex uh due to covid uh restrictions so uh, we're gonna have a fully packed card and uh very three title fights uh so obviously adesanya uh and Blahovitz are going on last uh, so this is going to be a very late night in terms of ufc action uh tonight uh and uh you know, going to be interesting because, uh, you know, getting right down to it with the title fight, Adesanya moving up in weight class uh, from middleweight to light heavyweight. Uh, Vegas has him as the, uh, and not by a small margin, he's minus 235 in terms of the odds makers. You know, I really have a tough time with this one, and I know Adesanya is a tremendous striker. But, as well-rounded as Adesanya is on the feet, uh, with his hands, uh, you know, he's world champion kickboxer, like, th- there's nothing about his striking that you can question. The question uh, becomes, you know, how much of an impact will that have in translating moving up in weight? Because, you know, obviously 185, 205, uh, you know, it's not that insignificant of a jump. There is a power difference uh, when you get hit. And, you know, the 205ers aren't really 205. They're really closer to 235, 240. Alasanya is, you know, he's uh, put on some muscle for this fight. Uh, he did weigh in a little bit higher than what people were expecting. But, you know, he only weighed in at 202. Uh, you know, he's still not at uh, the 205 weight class. Like, he's not cutting weight. He's trying to build up muscle you know i i have reservations about that power translating as well yes kid he finished blakovich yeah there's there's not like a question that he could finish him but my issue is can he take that much damage from jan if jan gets inside and starts landing body shots you know, what you saw with uh, Blachowicz uh, in the upset victory over Dominic Reyes to capture the light heavyweight title that was vacated by John Jones is Jan is very big uh, for a light, uh, light heavyweight. You know, realistically, he's carrying around walking weight of 240 and cut down to 205. You know, he's, he's a big dude. Uh, size advantage-wise, he's going to... Probably have once, you know, obviously both guys made weight, but, you know, once they get in after midnight, you know, realistically, you're going to see Blahovitz probably come in around uh, 225, 230 in, in, in terms of uh, once he's fully rehydrated. You know, Izzy may, like I said, uh, could put on uh, some pounds, but realistically, you know, his walking weight inside the octagon, you know, I, I'd be shocked if he... Uh, was anywhere close to 210. Uh, I think that would probably be the max of him uh, with his frame coming in without coming across as uh, a little bit too bloated, uh, you know, once uh, they kind of go through the training camp. But, you know, I just don't – I have some questions about Izzy being able to stand up to uh, taking uh, some of the blows from Blahovic So, you know, it's not that I don't think he can win the fight. I just have a big problem with – taking odds at him minus, two thir- uh, minus 235, I, you know, if it was like minus one, 150, minus 180, you know, that's more manageable that, that I could see it being a reasonable pick. When it's getting up to two, minus 235, that's where I kind of have to hit the brakes a bit and kind of question, you know, what am I really getting here in terms of value? Because I just don't see is he being that prohibitive of a favorite where he's going to be getting the victory seven out of 10 times re- realistically, if we're going to be paying that off uh, in terms of value, uh, you know, I'm just not necessarily seeing that, uh, that aspect of it. So it, it gets a little bit dicey for me, kind of going in that direction of uh, taking Izzy in that fashion. So, uh, from my standpoint, uh the biggest thing is you know, what's uh, the true valuation here of uh this play and I I just don't necessarily see Izzy uh paying off a uh, true value uh with uh the uh with the odds as they currently are. I, I would rather take Behovitz as a dog uh, at plus uh one eighty then taking Izzy and, you know, even then it's still not great odds on Blahovitz, but I, I do think if you're betting it uh, to get some value, uh, you know, that's one way to go. And inside of the di- distance is minus 180. I do think that this, uh, you know, five-round fight, I don't think this goes to distance. I think they're striking, you know, if Blahovitz uh, uh, gets a hold of Izzy and lands some good shots, I think he finishes Izzy. And if Izzy does get into a groove and starts peppering Blahovitz, I think Blahovitz uh, slows down between the ch- somewhere in the championship rounds and Izzy can finish him inside the distance. So I, I do think that uh, inside the distance is uh, probably the better way of going about uh, this matchup here. All right, next up, we've got the Women's Bantamweight uh, Championship on the line uh, where Amanda Nunes uh, is uh, – defending one of her titles at 145 pounds. Uh, She has the uh, 135-pound belt at featherweight as well uh, against Megan Anderson. Yes, it's spelled Megan, but it is Megan Anderson. You know, a huge underdog, and for good reason, because Megan Anderson's resume does not warrant an actual title shot. Uh, But an interesting thing I learned uh, in the research on this fight is that Megan Anderson is on the last fight of her current UFC contract. And given the fact that, you know, it's been a little bit lackluster of a a UFC uh, career despite the hype, there's a possibility that she could, you know, what she was signed at, she might get cut after this. Or uh, not cut, but just not re-signed. So it's very interesting that the UFC kind of fed her into this spot. Just to get an opponent in front of Nunez because she's cleaned out both divisions uh, pretty much. Uh, Realistically, there's no one left for Nunez to fight. She she's already beaten Valentina Shevchenko twice. She's already beaten Cyborg. You know, obviously, uh, Jermaine Durandamine. You know, Holly Holm. Like all these. A potential contenders like no one even know like you know she's got wins over them. It's like there's nothing, there's no real surprise of uh, you know what's going on. Uh, you know it's just a uh, kind of a case where you know uh, <laughs> uh, you could call her a goat and really hard to argue against it. Uh, you know there's just not much uh, else to say. So. You know, what it kind of comes down to at this point is, um, you know, what else uh, are we realistically going to be able to save for this fight? I, I mean, I just don't see any scenario where Megan Anderson competes in this one. It, you know, just being blunt. Uh, I think, uh, you know, overall, it, this is a pretty clear-cut case that uh, – uh, nunez uh, either grinds her out or finishes her within the distance uh maybe there's some fluke chance that megan anderson gets a flash ko you know you know there's a slip you know C- crazier things have happened uh but uh at a minus one thousand favorite uh, for nunez I, I i really just don't see any uh scenario where she's really getting clipped. But, uh, you know, if you were going to bet Megan Anderson, uh, honestly, uh, plus 650 isn't going to cut it. The the way to, if you really wanted to do something with this fight, which I'm not going to do, but, um, you know, you've already got Nunes at minus 1,000. Megan Anderson uh, being able to win by knockout, which I think is the only way she's going to win. She's not going to win the decision. Uh, point blank, she's not Megan Anderson is not winning a decision over Amanda Nunes. It's got to be some scenario where she clips Nunes. Maybe she gets a sub because Nunes gets tired and she got clipped. I, you know, again, I, I just don't see it. But like that's the only way. It, it's not going to be that by decision because she's not going to be able to put up enough volume uh, in terms of striking to actually uh, do the damage against Nunes. It, it's just not. Uh, that's just not. Uh, Uh, a scenario that's going to play out. All right, so that basically covers uh, the aspect that I want to touch upon on this woman's fight because I really don't see any, uh, unless it's a fluke kind of stoppage. So, uh, you know, moving on to the fight that I really want to touch upon is Peter Jan uh, defending against Aljamain Sterling. And, you know, this should be the best fight of the night in my opinion. I mean, I know Izzy's the headliner, but uh, the Jan-Sterling fight probably ends up being uh, the go-to fight uh, for most folks here. Uh, these are the two best weights in a division, in my opinion. San Hagen's right there, uh, he and he's lurking. But Sterling got the win. Sterling's the best wrestler in the division. Jan may be the best striker in the division outside of Sanhagen, you know, the question becomes can Sterling get Jan to the ground and impose his will because Jan is going to be putting up punching volume. Uh, you know, the, the way this just fight is just classic striker versus grappler. Um, you know, I'm curious if Peter Jan implements a strategy of using leg kicks, though, and calf kicks uh, specifically. You know, it's not necessarily what he would normally do, but I think against a a fighter like Sterling, you know, what we saw in the Cody Sanhagen fight is the fact that if you don't get Sterling off of you and you allow him to maintain range and then be able to shoot on you at will, you know, it's just not a situation where you're going to be able to uh, stop the takedown. And, you know... The thing is, Sterling is going to shoot for takedowns in this fight. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to mess around with Jan standing up. I I, I think he's going to try to stay out of pocket, uh, use his range, and then shoot for takedowns uh, as soon as he sees Jan try to set, set his feet and, and unload on a big punch. I think Jan is going to have to pump the jab quite a bit and, and keep uh, Sterling honest uh, with the jab and using leg kicks. Uh, so... This is really going to be the interesting dynamic over five round fight uh, because I do think this one uh, likely goes uh, the distance. Um, but uh, you know I'm very much uh, curious as to how both fighters approach this fight because I think and the odds really do circle back to this one being a pick'em. I mean slightly in the yawn, but honestly uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this ended up kind of a, a dead even. Uh, kind of uh, matchup just because it really is a 50 50 coin flip, in my opinion. I don't think there's a clear advantage to either fighter. There are definitely pathways of victory for both that are attainable given their skill sets. But, uh, you know, if Jan can avoid the takedown, he should be able to find ways of getting there standing and outpointing Sterling in a five round fight. The problem is that I can see Sterling getting into the optimal position and and just being able to take care of business against Jan. It, you know, there really is a strong possibility of Jan getting uh Jan getting stopped by Sterling. I don't necessarily see Jan um stopping Sterling himself with strikes. You know, Sterling really is, uh, you know, we saw him in the San Hagen fight. He can take take a hit. Uh, I just think that this is going to be a decision fight, and it just depends on, you know, which guy is able to execute their game plan uh, uh, to their benefit. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, you're probably going to see uh, Jan just barely edge this one out by – virtue of the champion's advantage. Uh, I just I'm not entirely certain that Sterling is going to be able to win enough rounds decisively in order to take the belt off of Jan. And I'm always a big proponent of you gotta be able to beat the champ to do it and you gotta have three clear uh clear rounds uh by a decision victory. It was always my issue with the volkanovski Max Holloway fights is that Volkanovski... In neither fight did enough to win. Um, you know, the second fight's even more egregious than the first one, but uh, you know, that's a that's a different story. But uh, in this one, I really think Jan is going to be able to outpoint Sterling, but this should be a heck of a fight, uh, to witness. So, again, three title fights, stack card. Uh, you know, you got also a very fun fight between Alexander Rakic uh, versus Tiago Santos. Uh, you know, Santos coming off a loss to Glover Teixeira, but still very dangerous. Rakic, uh, you know, very powerful, light heavyweight. Uh, we should see quite a, a bit of fireworks uh, between uh, these two fighters. So really interesting uh, to watch uh, in that one uh, to see who's going to get a win there. Uh, I'm, I'm actually leaning a little bit more towards Santos as an underdog. Uh, plus 120, I think, you know, it's a it's a pretty close fight uh, in my opinion. Uh, I wouldn't be betting Rakic at minus one fifty. I'd rather take Santos as an underdog because uh, I think it is uh, pretty much a pick'em fight. Um, and then you've got uh, in one of the other uh, matchups on the card. You've got Dominic Cruz returning to the Octagon to face Casey Kenny. Cruz very shaky looking in that uh, matchup against Henry Cejudo. Uh, Kenny. Much uh, just as fast a fighter. I'm very curious about uh, how that one goes. I think Cruz can outpoint the matchup, but is he going to look dominant? Don't think so. But Cruz knows what he uh, needs to do to get a W. So, uh, you know, definitely interesting fights uh, on the, the main pay per view. So, uh, going to be interesting uh, to watch how it all pans out. But, uh, you know, in terms of uh, betting side of things, I think. You know, realistically, I like uh, taking uh, uh stance uh, at plus uh, 180. I, I think that makes uh, more sense than anything else. And then you could do uh, throwing it in a parlay with uh, uh, the likes of Islam Chmaev against Drew Dober. That should be a fairly uh, straightforward mismatch in, in favor of Ch- uh, 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 Mikhaev. Uh, so, uh, he's a minus 360 favorite, uh, and I believe he should be able to finish inside the distance as well, um, but, uh, you know, that's where I'm kind of leading, and then, like I said, I, I do like uh, Tiago Santos uh, as an underdog uh, pick, uh, and along with a couple other guys like Kyler Phillips, um, but, uh, you know, Definitely an interesting card, uh, to say the least, uh, uh, on the pay-per-view tonight. So a good set of matchups to uh, take a look at. But uh, uh, very much looking forward to this UFC pay-per-view. And like I said, this is a very stacked card. So we're going to see quite a bit going on, uh, to say the least. So I'm going to get out of here. But uh, enjoy the fights, everyone. Uh, Take care. And uh, until next time, have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets.